0: we will see GBS expanding to other processes closer to the company and to the operation. We will see functions as procurement, marketing, HR, IT, and and others migrating to, to GBS. These are models which are delivering efficiency, productivity, and transformations.
1: Welcome to the GBS Masterminds Podcast, the one and only platform for global business service leaders to share their experiences of building world-class shared service organizations. My name is Sashin Narahari, founder and CEO of High and I'll be your host. Today, I'm delighted to host a certified GBS professional from Hackett Institute, Liliana. Liliana has 20 plus years of experience working in major companies like PepsiCo, Turner Broadcasting, Alcatel Lucent, She started her career journey from finance and accounting roles before shifting towards shared services in PepsiCo, Brazil. She is currently Shared Services Global VP at Group Bimbo. Liliana, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much, Sashi, for inviting me. This is really my pleasure to be here.
1: You bet. Liliana, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career journey.
0: Of course. Thank you so much. Well, I was uh, born and uh, I have lived in Mexico City pretty much my whole life. I uh, originally studied business administration and I have also a diploma in finance. I started my career in uh, Alcatel-Lucent, today Nokia, in the telecom market. And I have very different roles there. I was uh, originally started in treasury. I was in accounting, control. I was also involved in ERP implementation. And uh, I uh, also had a little bit of an experience uh, in share services already back in that time. Then uh, I moved to PepsiCo, where I had also an eight years career. I spent five of those years in Brazil, originally as a controller for the beverage piece uh, in Brazil. And then I was also head of the shared services there. So it was uh, quite an exciting experience. I came back to Mexico and uh, I was also part of the GBS in Mexico for LATAM before moving to uh, Grupo Bimbo, where uh, I've been currently working for three years now, which has been amazing. My current role is as Global VP for GBS, And maybe to give you a very brief overview of our GBS, we have two centers right now. We have one in Mexico with around 750 people where we provide services to uh, 19 of our operations. We also have another center in Costa Rica with uh, around 200 associates. So we have a very big and important team and uh, way to go because uh, Grupo Bimbo has operations in 33 countries. We are serving 21, so very excited to see GBS growing. But personally, I've been married for 27 years now. I have an 18-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old son, so it's been very fun in the last couple of years here at home. And uh, you have, I know another very different passions. During the pandemic, I became a professional makeup artist. I also had uh, one of my works published in an international uh, magazine uh, called No. And uh, I'm also finishing my master's degree in public image. So trying to figure out how these two worlds will match together in the future uh, in benefit of my GBS and uh, my professional career. <laughs>
1: All right. That master's degree in public image is very unique. I and mean, we could all use it, in the, given all the stakeholders, whether it is employees, customers, and so many other things that we need to manage. Exactly. Liliana, so now, now I'm going to ask you about the six debated dead or alive questions in the GBS space. I'm going to start with the first one. Feel free to be bold and blunt. In 10 years, uh, do you think BPOs for outsourcing will be dead or alive?
0: Well, I think they will be alive. But uh, they have to make sure that they stay alive. And to do that, they have to work to change their traditional focus, which has been around cost reduction. So uh, they have to work closely with partners and the value added will be uh, critical for the businesses. And they have to work together towards transformation. I think that companies today want more just than uh, cost reduction and BPO's have to help them to handle their business in a more effective and agile way. So um, BPO's will be alive as long as they are more customer centric.
1: That makes so much sense. And we, have, we hear that a lot. It's almost like the current labor cost arbitrage game is mostly done for most enterprise companies. And then what's next? And that would require transformation. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Dead or alive question number two. In 10 years, will large centralized service centers be dead or alive, especially given the COVID effect of work from anywhere?
0: Well that's a very very interesting question Nashi and I think we are all wondering what will happen in uh, a few years from now given what happened in the past years so um, I think that very large centralized centers will be almost dead in the traditional way that we know them I think that uh, this mobility of flexibility that has been created with the last two years of lockdown will bring the companies and the centers to maybe Uh, look for four or five locations around the world to sit their service centers. They will not be as they are today, physical, big, heavy locations. I think that uh, they will be centralized in operations and functions, but uh, the flexibility model will allow talent to be seated uh, pretty much everywhere at home in different countries. I think that's what we are going to see. And I think that uh, this model of having five or six locations around the world will bring the company uh, also this flexibility to really react towards the market, the operation and any unexpected events as what we uh, passed through the last two years. So um, I I think uh, that's what's going to happen.
1: I know this is a very interesting one. In fact, like we just had our return to office two weeks ago, Liliana, and then it almost seems like all of us are kind of, flip-flopping on the whole return to office and it feels really good meeting all the leaders, the employees, but at the same time, the convenience and the demands of the workforce globally. So 10 years from now, yeah, interesting.
0: Exactly. No, and I I completely understand, Nashi, I'm uh, starting to travel after uh, two years and Meeting people personally and finding uh, people that you have been seeing only by video call uh, is amazing. So we are all trying to figure out how uh, we will uh, return. But uh, to your point, I I agree. I don't think that I or anyone in my team will be back in the office permanently as we used to. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) this is going to be uh, still a discovery. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right, the
1: next dead or alive question is, do you think RPA, again, I'm going to be specific here, in the current form, which is as is ScreenFlow Automation, of course, those companies are also evolving, would be dead or alive?
0: Honestly, I think that uh, it will be dead as we currently see it. I think that RPA has been very successful in the last three or four years and it has uh, accelerated transformation, with no doubt, and and automation. But automation is not equal to RPA. I think that uh, today we have a lot of more platforms and uh, technology uh, which are alternatives to RPA and that give us uh, flexibility and agility. And I I see a uh, a clear decline in uh, in RPA. So I think that there will be other uh, strategies and technologies which are faster, uh, more agile, more flexible, and technologies that will empower people and associates to create their own instances of automation. So I think we will see this this transformation. It's it's already coming. Uh, there is a lot of opportunities right there. So I think that RPA as we know it today will be dead and will be substituted by many other platforms and technologies.
1: All right. Then on a similar note, what are your thoughts on another technology, AI in GBS, in 10 years from now? Will AI be dead or alive, or is it just hype?
0: Wow. I think it will be very, very alive. You know, in fact, today in our GBS, we are not using a lot of AI. But I see a lot, a lot of potential. I think we still have a lot to discover and uh, to work on. And the relevance of the data, specifically around processes like AR and AP, it can uh, uh, bring us a lot of uh, contribution to the working capital, and it can be done through AI. You know, being predictive on maybe a bad debt or delays uh, in our receivables, can really accelerate the uh, incoming flow or the inflow to the the cash flow and improving the working capital. So I really think that this is a very powerful tool and we'll still uh, have to discover uh, new uses for AI. But GVS, for sure, will be uh, one of the main users of this technology. So I think it will be very, very alive.
1: All right. The next question, in 10 years, will India as a top, choice for service centers, be dead or alive, especially given the consistent wage increases. I know globally we have uh, that issue, inflation and wage increases, but India has been like that for almost a decade, I think. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I don't want to say that it will be dead, but surely it won't be one of the main uh, or the top choices as it has uh, traditionally been in the last years. In previous experiences that I've had, transactions that were brought to India were uh, mainly for cost reduction and labor arbitrage. And I think that should change. And companies today are looking for something else, and not only cost-based, but having uh, efficiency and support to the business and operations. So I think that changes in the traditional model of centers in India will really drive their success and that they can be uh, located in the first choices. So uh, I think uh, it, it will really have to change. So it will not, will not be that, but will not be at the top of the preference of companies.
1: Yeah, you bet. And then I think you have actually proven it. So you're kind of maybe in the forefront with the GBS you're doing in Mexico with uh, almost right. 750 people. So mm-hmm. interesting. All right, the last but not the least, in 10 years from now, GBS as an organization, will it be dead or alive? Think about evolution, right? It went from in-market to shared services, to GBS, and what do you think is the direction it's going? Do you think it will be dead or alive?
0: Well, I think they will be very, very, very alive. We have seen a little bit of evolution, but we will still see a lot of change and evolving in multifunctional centers. So, uh, moving from traditional uh, supporting accounting cycle, which is uh, what has been happening in the last years, we will see GBS expanding to other processes closer to the company and to the operation. We will see functions as procurement, marketing, HR, IT, and and others migrating to to GBS. These are models which are delivering efficiency, productivity, and transformation. So, GBS is really the area that will Lead transformation for companies, and that will really create the space for the operation to focus on their main activities, you know, in their core. So, having GBS will guarantee their success and their productivity and efficiency. So, very, very alive.
1: All right. On a closing note, what would be your advice to other GBS leaders? <laughs>
0: That's a really good question, Sashi. I would say, be bold, definitely. GVS plays a significant role in every company. And as a GVS leader, you always have to be looking for new opportunities. I think we are in a unique area where we have the visibility of end-to-end processes And we have the knowledge, we have the data, we have the expertise. So we have all the ingredients to really look for the opportunities and contributions to the business. We are not really a back office today. And uh, we can really have a very significant role in organizations. We can be a very valuable partner. As I told you uh, before, something that we've been working very hard in the last couple of years is contributing to the working capital. And I think that's one of the the examples. Uh, We can bring money back to the company, not only through cost, but through having active uh, role in processes and opportunities and uh, being a a real partner. So um, that's what I can say. We have a hard role, you know, because uh, at at the end, we are a service area. We have to drive uh, transformation. We have to lead initiatives. So uh, we have everything to really bring the role of GBS leader to the next level. So be bold. That's my advice.
1: You bad. And then I think the whole aspect of becoming a value partner, so then you become more strategic, so it's a brighter future, relatively, right?
0: Exactly. That's true. And, and you know, you, you can always start maybe small and then bring in your initiatives uh, globally. In fact, um, the last two years have been, uh, specifically last year, was a record of our contributions to working capital from GBS to Grupo Bimbo. And we started in our market in Mexico. It was really so, so successful only in initiatives in uh, AR and AP. That we are expanding these best practices uh, globally this year. So uh, I hope we'll be as successful as it was in Mexico. But we had to take the first step, and uh, we are going to fail, you know, at, at some point. But we can fail and fail fast and learn from it, and then take a new course. So uh, yeah, that's that. right.
1: That's very good success. We. The- we wish you a good luck with the global program and the fact that you just said you're so easy to accept failure, I'm sure you'll be very successful. Liliana, thank you so much. It has been a delight to have you on the GBS Masterminds today.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Nashi. Was my pleasure.
1: <laughs> that was the GBS Masterminds podcast. For more information, visit gbsmasterminds.com and make sure to search for GBS Masterminds in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And on behalf of the team here at High Radius, thanks for listening.